We have three readings this morning. Genesis 17, verses 1 to 9. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I make my that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abraham Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you, after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout all generations. And then we'll turn to the book of Acts, chapter 2, starting at verse 37. Now, when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptised. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing 
the proceeds to all as they as any had need and the day and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising god and having favor with all the people and the lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved and then we will read galatians chapter 3 verse 29 and if you are christ's then you are abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise so far God's thank you dirk our text verse is Acts 2, verse 39. Acts 2, verse 39. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, today is a joyous day. It's one of the highlights of my ministry as your pastor. A day I will remember. A day where we give all grace to the Lord. That Andrew and Lee Zutitis presented their children, Zara, Zadok and Zoe, to be baptized in his name. Andrew and Lee, and we learn to love you. Have an amazing testimony about the Lord's grace. How the Lord saved them through Jesus. How the Lord brought them from darkness to light. This morning is a continuation of your story. Not a chapter. But also an amazing testimony that your children can be sharing in the Lord's covenant promises. What shall we do? This is the question after the biggest conversion of all times. 3,000 people were converted after the sermon of Peter in Acts 2. And so the believers, the hearers of that message, asked, what shall we do? If you know the previous passage, Peter explained already that there's only one answer, and this is Jesus Christ. That all Israel should know in faith, they should see, and their response lies in the fact that God made Jesus Lord and Christ, Messiah. We read this in verse 36. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And our Savior's name is Jesus. His blood flowed for us. So important to know this. Because this name brings change. Peter showed through the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah who was promised. The Messiah who came. And our Savior is not only called Jesus, but Peter called him Christ because God has made us Jesus, both Lord and Christ. 
this name is significant. This name brought and brings change up to this day. This name saves. And Peter showed through the scriptures that Jesus was raised, sits on the right hand of God, where he reigns as eternal king through his word and spirit. In his word, Jesus teaches what is good and right. How he wants us to live, what a glorious reward awaits us if we are obedient to him. But also how terrible our punishment will be if we are disobedient to the spirit. He helps us through his spirit to understand his work correctly in context. Make his commandment, John 15, a joy, not a punishment. And Jesus also rules as king over this world and that nothing can happen without God's will. He protects us so that nothing can separate us from God's love. This is Jesus, whom God made Lord and Christ. This is whom we serve. Why we are the Lord's church. And as the name Christ made it clear who Jesus is, so the name Christian makes it clear who we are. Makes it clear who Zara, Zadok, and Zoe are. They're Christians. Covenant children of parents who believe in Jesus, and they were named after the Lord today, baptized in his name. And as the name Christ declared the secret of Jesus' life, so the name Christian explained the secret of our life, how we are different of this world. As the name Christ fits with Jesus, that's Jesus' official name, because he's the Christ anointed, the appointed by God, so should the name Christian sued us because we are Christians. And we are incorporated or anointed in faith through our baptism. We have received the sign of baptism. And we confess that we are Christians because by our faith we are members of Christ and thereby we partake in his anointing. We are in the office of anointed or baptized believer in the name of Christ. What does it mean to be a Christian? To be a Christian is a joy to do the Lord's will. To give up those things that bring division between us and the Lord. And this is the gospel. Many people came to faith after they have heard the gospel proclaimed to them. And they rightfully asked, but what's the next step? Beloved, Brothers, what shall we do? And so Peter told him what to do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. It's the Lord who calls, the Lord who converts, it's the Lord's grace. Many interpret this passage literally. Let him be baptized to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Is this what we should do? Is this what Peter and the Holy Spirit instructed us to do 
And we should remember, brothers and sisters, that Peter preached to unrepentant even nations. People who were not baptized as children. It was a beginning situation. And he instructed them, first repent of your sinful ways radically. Return to the Lord and then they should be baptized, them and their children. And so verse 39 is clear and should be read in context. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. This is covenant language in the New Testament. And it's so important to understand. This promise. What is this promise that Peter was talking about? The promise is the Lord's promise. And if you go back, the original word in Greek reads evangelia. And evangelia can also be translated as testament. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. A testament is also a contract. You would understand that. It's your will. The Lord's will. Who's going to inherit your things one day? The Old Testament word for that contract, the word in Hebrew is called berit. And it has the same meaning as contract. I will be your God, you shall be my people. That's a contract the Lord is making with us. Testament. Covenant. And so the word covenant was used in our passage in Genesis 17 verse 1 to 9. And God commanded Abraham that this same sign of grace be given to his small children in Genesis 17 verse 12. In Genesis 17 verse 7, the Lord said, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And so the Lord's covenant promises, the Lord's grace is still the same today. And his promise includes our children as his covenant people. And so the Bible calls the children of believers holy in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 14. And God's promises are for them as well for us. Just as the children of the old covenant, it's the same Lord received the sign of circumcision, our children are given the sign of baptism. Why do I say this? The word berit, or covenant, is used 287 times in Old Testament. And the word for covenant in the New Testament is diateke, or evangelia, in the New Testament. Also, so translated in the Greek translation of the Bible. And this is the word that is used in Acts 2, verse 39. It's so important to note what Peter said to the first believers. He said, for this promise, covenant or testament is for you and your children. And for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord your God calls to himself... And Peter said to the believers present that day, but also to us, the church of all times, when you believe in Jesus, you and your children will share in the promises the Lord made to his children. This is the promise that the Lord made to Abraham 
in Genesis 17, verse 1 to 9. And all believers and their children could now share in this promise, and it's only possible through Jesus, because God made Jesus Christ and Lord. How can we know this? Please read with me our third passage in Galatians 3, verse 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. There's a line. Again, the word evangelia or testament is used in Galatians 3, verse 29. The covenant to Abraham did not become absolute, but was fulfilled in Jesus. The covenant stay, the sign of the covenant changed. And when the new covenant was realized in Jesus, all the promises that were made to Abraham, to God's people, continued in Jesus, were given to believers. And so the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 18, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. And he said that to New Testament believers. Same promise the Lord made to Abraham. Same covenant or testament, but fulfilled in Jesus. And therefore, in the place of circumcision came baptism. That's the sign of Jesus' reconciliation. But it was the same covenant, although the sign has changed. Where God said to Abraham, Jacob, Moses, David, every child in the old covenant that was born, that he will be a God for them. And then in the new covenant, the promise was fulfilled in Jesus' blood, so the sign changed. It wasn't their blood anymore through circumcision, but now baptism. There are so many similarities between baptism and circumcision. Baptism is administered only once. We're quite clear in the Bible about that. Ephesians 4 verse 5. Circumcision as well. But the promises to remain valid right through our lives because God made His promise. God will never break His promises. Comes to our next point, that children can take part in the covenant. God's promise is for you and your children. Baptism does not save. The sign doesn't save. Jesus does. But baptism is the sign or seal that you and your children were saved through God's grace alone. That they belong to Him. That they are part of His covenant promises. We can say certain, with certainty that when the Bible talks about covenant, our children are included. Psalm 112 verse 2. His offspring will be mighty in this land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. There's so many passages. The law that we hear. Until the thousand generation of those who love me. When the Holy Spirit was promised, Isaiah 44 verse 3. So important because this passage was on Pentecost, written on Pentecost. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring, my blessings on your descendants. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, sings in joy to the Lord in Luke 1 verse 50. 
and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. God's promises are undeserved words of grace. Without any good works or any contribution from our side, Jesus died for our children as well, made him part of his promises. What are these promises? The promises of the covenant which God made to most of us as children, again this morning to covenant children, that God will be their God, God will be a father to them, he will care for them and never leave them on their own. And baptism and the gift of the Holy Spirit belongs together. Christian baptism focuses on the forgiveness of sins where we are washed in Jesus' blood. And this includes our children who are conceived in sin, but also receive the Holy Spirit and are baptized in His name. We have done nothing to deserve God's mercy, but God sent His only Son as our Savior. And therefore these children, but also every covenant child, needs to be baptized in Jesus' name. It's a sign that their sins, the sins they were conceived in, were washed in Jesus' blood. And so our Bible readings focus clearly on the relationship between faith and baptism. Believers in the New Testament were baptized, they and their children. Acts 16 verse 15, that Lydia and her household were baptized, that included the children if they were. And it also happened to Cornelius Crispus in Acts 10. But children don't believe yet, some would say. And the question arises, what is first? Baptism or faith? Or should it be faith and then baptism? Let's go back to Abraham. Genesis 17. God made a covenant with Abraham in Genesis 17 verse 4. Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. And Abraham answered in faith to this covenant. We learn and are taught this exact words in Hebrews 11 verse 5. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was received as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. And so the covenant, the Lord's promise is always first, and then follows faith. But you can also ask, why did God command Abraham to circumcise the children while there was no sign of faith in them? And the answer lies in the question of who was to be circumcised. And the answer is only the believer's children. We can use an example to explain this. When you are born in Australia... You can expect parents to teach the children Australian culture. They will love red meat, normally, normal people, barbecue. The most common tongue will be Australian slang. Australian parents will not raise their children as French or German. Another example. When a child is born, they are already citizens of Australia. They share in all the privileges of being an Australian because of their parents. And although they cannot defend their country yet, or pay taxes yet, although the government would love that, they are still Australian. And this is the same principle that can be applied to believers' children. 
Christian parents will raise their children in the faith, and those who embrace God's promises and the fulfillment of this in Jesus will raise their children as believers. God commanded that the children and believers should receive the sign of the covenant. And also to them, the promise is given that their children will be saved by faith. The sign of the covenant always begins with the adults that answer in faith, and then the sign is applied to the children from generation to generation. The Old and New Testament signs of the covenant, circumcision and baptism, follow the same pattern. This was the pattern in Acts 2, right through the New Testament, as a golden threat. And so Acts 2 was a beginning situation where people had to be baptized, them and their children. In the New Testament, it followed the same pattern. It started with the covenant of the Lord, with adults who answered in faith, and it continues up to this day. The early New Testament church followed the same pattern. Justin Martyr wrote in 88 AD that we have received the spiritual circumcision through baptism, the church's father, origin of Alexander, declared in 254 AD that baptism should be administered to children. And it's necessary because of the original sin that children were born in. Cyprian, 200 AD, declares that infant baptism should be administered to children as soon as possible. And so the church father, Augustine, also declared in 354 AD that infant baptism is not instituted by the church, but by the apostles. It's so important to note that the doctrine of the Anabaptists only started in 1520 in Europe at the time of the Christian Reformation. Based on their reading of the New Testament scriptures, they believed that water baptism, a sign of membership in a Christian faith, should only be reserved for adults who could make their decisions in matters of faith. And so infant baptism is a baptism for children of parents like Andrew and Lee, where the kingship of Christ our Lord is recognized through the covenant and the promises the Lord has made with us. And Zara, Zadok, and Zoe's baptism is a baptism in the name of the triune God, which means that the Holy Spirit sealed him in Jesus Christ and the Heavenly Father. Baptism is a sign of the Father's presence today, that He wants to lead you through His Spirit and the path to holiness. And the Spirit works through the Word and makes your heart full of God's grace and your life even fuller of God's gratitude and praise. I will be a God to you, and you will be to me a child. This promise is visibly sealed in God's covenant through the holy baptism. The Lord promised to Zara, Zadok, and Zoe that he will be their God. Fantastic promise. Now marvelous that Andrew and Lee wanted their children to share in this. What shall we do? To be a Christian is to answer to Christ's call of repentance, to return to him deep remorse, to confess that he is Lord. One day these children will profess their faith. And we as a congregation promise today that we would receive them, that we will pray for them, 
that we will care for their instruction in the faith. And then we should ask as parents and as congregation, are we doing enough to ensure our children in a congregation receive the proper instruction? Do we do enough to encourage our children to attend church education? Encourage them to profess their faith? Never stop praying for them. Do we enough to explain the wonderful promises of the Lord's word, His covenant? Do we enough to call covenant children to repentance? To be a Christian is to bring your children up in the church. To teach them that their relationship with the Lord is the most important. This is to raise them as Christians. The covenant with the Lord is not only He who makes promises, it's also we who have obligations. We are called to a new obedience. And our Lord both demands and encourages His covenant partners to serve Him, to seek His kingdom first, to forsake the world of darkness. And even when we fall into sin, we should not despair because of the Lord's promises. Never doubt His grace, but hold on because of His covenant promises and return to our Father. To be a Christian is to answer to Christ's call to repentance, to confess that Jesus is Lord, was made Christ by God, and that I and my children will recognize Him in my life. And as Christians we can, with a free conscience, because Christ makes free, saved us from our sins, look forward to all eternity, where we will rule together with Christ. These were all the promises of baptism today. That was administered to our covenant children. And we can know with certainty that Jesus received them and had died for Zara, Zadok, and Zoe. They were washed in his blood and they share in the Lord's covenant promises. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for these promises that were made to Zara, Zadok, and Zoe. We thank you for your faithfulness towards Andrew and Lee. Thank you for the wonderful journey that you undertook with them and is still walking with them every day so that they are growing in your words and through life and they are sanctified through your spirits. Father, we pray for wisdom for them. And we thank you for the love they have for their children. We thank you for all of us and the love we have for our children and grandchildren. And we pray, Lord, for every child, every parent, every grandchild, that you will bless them. We thank you for your faithfulness to this congregation here in Blacksland that we can see already generation to generation and how your promises still continue, that grandparents also can have grandchildren. We pray for the grandparents as well. We thank you, Lord, for grandparents. We thank you for parents. We thank you for your love generation through generation, up to the thousand generation of those who love me. And we know 
It's by your grace alone that we are saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.